Welcome to Startupville, the show where we discuss what it's like to build a tech startup and a startup ecosystem in a small city. I'm Mike Wolsfeld, our host is Dan Gold, and joining him today is Donalyn Thorinson. Square One is the center for Saskatchewan for entrepreneurs to go to get the first steps of starting or growing their business. And Srita is the Saskatoon Regional Economic Development Authority. And Riley Iverson of Townfolio. So we started as a simple data solution for economic development. We're in the GovTech space, but we've evolved past the data solution into a marketplace that helps governments with investment attraction. It's essentially attracting new business to a city right now. In today's episode, we discuss starting a $500 startup and how tech is changing economic development for smaller cities. Startupville is brought to you by Innovation Place and Martin Charlton Communications. I'm going to start this from the point of view of I'm a startup. I don't know where to begin. I've, I've got a genus of an idea. It's, it's there. It's a something I'd like to achieve. But from Don Lin's point of view, where, where are good resources for someone to go to test the idea apart from anything else? And Riley, from your point of view, what was the process that you went through from coming up with the idea to the next kind of first and second stage of seeing that move forwards? So square one, our name is just what it says. Start at square one or go back to square one. So we, we serve people um, along the whole journey of starting up their business. But really, our niche market is those, I have an idea, I have a process, I have a, a, a product. But what do I do now? What steps do I take next? So it's simply by a phone call or an email or stopping in at our office in Saskatoon or Regina, you can talk to somebody who can help you with what to do next. And that can vary depending on what stage you're in. So we have a lot of information and well-trained staff that can help you navigate that crazy world. We could probably talk for an entire podcast on this subject, but if we stick to strictly what we did. We actually worked in the economic development space, which you could say Srita most definitely is in that space, and Square One is is in that space as well. But we, so my my co-founder and I, we we worked in this space, so we, we kind of saw a particular issue in this space, and and rather than making an assumption that we had a solution, we actually started interviewing what would be potential customers. Srita was actually one of the interviews. Uh, which is how this kind of connection came about. So that's how we identified the issue is, is working in the industry and seeing problems. And then I guess getting it, moving it a little bit further along is actually talking to potential customers in the space, validating this, that this is potentially a problem. And when it comes to that process, that period of time where you're you're looking at the idea and evaluating it, how do you fund something like that? I mean, you don't have to go into discrete details, but how can people fund that? <laughs> don't quit your day job. Keep, you know, we literally kept our jobs in, in, in our spare time. Uh, this is something that, that we chipped away at. So, I don't know, this is so glorified in movies and stuff. But you see the person coming up with this amazing idea and they quit their job. And it's not like that. It's not that like that at all. We're bootstrapped to this day. We're going to raise our first round next year. We're just over two years into this. So we're not your typical case, but we call ourselves a $500 startup. We got from idea to first sale to we're now um, a team of seven, you know, and, and, and we're bootstrapped. We, we don't have investors. Just countless hours of sweat equity. 
That's the advice that we give to most people that come into our office. And we, we often get people, I have this great idea. I want to start it tomorrow. Where do I find the money to do that? And they're looking for this magical handout. Where's the grant? Where, you know, where do I find the money? And, and Riley's right. You find the money by working hard, keeping your day job, working at the idea in the evenings, on weekends, on your lunch hour, you know, double up at events if you can attend event on your business hours and talk about what you're doing on the side. I, I mean, that's what it's all about. You have to put that time in and that effort. And, and it's so important not to quit that steady income too soon, finding that sweet time to do that. Is there sometimes a moment for some people, whether it's through how their character is or something else that that's just worth saying to them, it's a good idea, but maybe this is something to work with with your existing employer rather than going off and doing it independently, unless they don't like their employer. I mean, that's always something. We would never give that advice and tell people when the All right, right time don't listen to me. You. Terrible advice. No, but what, I, what we would do is get them to ask those questions. So are you sure that this is looking right? Are your financials sound? Do you have the right plan? Do you have the right information? Are you sure your market's not too crowded? I mean, we've got all those questions that we try to ask people and get them to come to that conclusion rather than somebody else telling them. Because when you're passionate about something, you don't want someone telling you and squashing it, right? But if we can help them identify that. And there's absolutely personalities that are meant for this and personalities that aren't. I love working at Square One and for Sarita. And, and this is what I was meant to do is to help people. And it's the best of both worlds because I get to work with entrepreneurs every day, but I don't have to put the risk in that they do. Riley's different. He's the guy that can put that risk in, right? I think you have to look at ways to mitigate the risk too. So if you look at a local resource like Ideas Inc., I've worked with tons of entrepreneurs that are about to sign this five-year lease for their unproven retail store. Ideas Inc., you could walk in and fold in a couple of months and someone's going to take your space. Uh, Crowdfunding, you know, it's huge to validate a certain concept, but I mean, I don't know, you have to walk the line between taking risk and, and being foolish. But, um, you know, when we were starting up Townfolio, we sat down as founders and interrogated each other. Like, are you some kind of criminal? Like, do you have a criminal record? <laughs> have you went bankrupt? Like, if, if you're going to get a loan or funding, these are important concepts. Can you practice what, you know, Davey and I call financial fasting? So, uh, we sold our second vehicle. Uh, I bike to work whenever I can in the warmer months. Like the the financial considerations are, are literally nothing to laugh about. Um, that's just on the personal side. We're not talking about actually proving out that this could work. But, you know, before you get to that point of, you know, quitting your day job, you might want to somehow prove that you've got something. So... It's definitely something to consider. You've brought up a really interesting area that I've never even considered when you go into partnership with someone, having those really honest conversations about their financial and, and potentially criminal history and getting all the skeletons out onto the table, if skeletons go onto a table at all, um, but getting those discussions underway really early on because you may both have the same vision and be able to work together. But if their history is going to drag the whole project down, that's that's not going to be a good thing. So that must actually be, I mean, even if you've got a really good friendship, that must be quite a challenging conversation. I would say, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys don't dig into that too deep, right? I mean, it's it's kind of up for the founders to speak for themselves. I mean, you mentioned friendship. I mean, 
friendship that that's an interesting thing to go into business with your friends. I mean, I don't know. We, we could talk about <laughs> choosing a partner. I think it's it's if you're evaluating your life partner, I mean, you're spending more time with the business partner for the most part. So sometimes I, I definitely notice that founders take this too lightly. And then there's skill sets that, that you need to consider. What does this other person bring to the table that you do not? Can you spend 12 hours a day with this person? Are you going to drive each other nuts? So I would argue that maybe my personality is more of an acquired taste. <laughs> and my co-founder, is uh, he, he's, he's pretty universal. So we're lucky that way. So, Is there a benefit to being in a closer-knit community, a smaller market as we are here? Or, or is there a temptation to go... Do you know what? There's the Toronto down the road or San Francisco over there or the New York over there. It, is there a lot of temptation for people in the startup space to go, do you know what? I, I've started this. I know it's got traction. I'm off. I think I want to start this by telling you a brief story about one of our first customers, which was actually Sarita. So this might speak a, a testament to you know, our local community. And, and I think that Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, people just kind of want to support. They want to support you. They want to see you succeed. But through Donalyn, we we had a meeting with uh, the Sreda team, and and t- Townfolio was an idea, <laughs> and uh, we were pitching their team, and uh, their CEO Alex was was in the room, and, and he had a very puzzled look on his face, like, and and I was concerned. I was like, this idea really sucks, or we really suck at pitching it, and, and thankfully it was the latter. So uh, Srita ended up becoming our first customer. They are like our number one beta tester to this day. We can call them up with a crazy idea or a crazy feature, and they'll take a meeting with us. Um, so there's, there's a pretty good example right there. But Saskatoon, I think the people are exceptionally talented. The people are hardworking and humble. It's just our prairie roots but there's some amazing visionaries. It's, you can be a big fish in a small pond in the city. It's big enough to test something out from a tech perspective. Think, say, skip the dishes. But it's still small enough that, that it's tightly knit. My concerns for this city from a tech perspective is that we're seeing some amazing success in the city in tech. But how does that translate into talent availability? So, you know, it's one thing to be able to add salespeople. It's another thing to add salespeople who have been with, who have only worked in tech. They have deep, deep experience working for tech companies, scaling teams in these certain manners. So pros and cons, I guess, uh, a long-winded answer. But we don't think we would have had the success in starting this thing up if, if we were somewhere else. Uh, and, and we spend, you know, probably a week a month between my co-founder and I in Toronto so sometimes there sometimes it just makes sense that we should be there but we're pretty happy that that we started this and we're building it here and and as a you know as a personal thing it's it's a you know it's a personal goal because I'm born and raised in this province and I want to grow this here so you've clearly got the local pride for being in this area but there's there must be base economics to this as well creating a startup in Saskatchewan, you're going to lower your running costs than shifting everything out to, to an Ontario and going, hey, we're in this great space here and we've got great visibility. 
and all the costs that go with it. Whilst in this digital world, we've got a greater opportunity to communicate with people using digital channels. Now, there are positives and negatives to that, and people still want face-to-face contact. How do you find the use of communications, whether it's social media or through websites or uh, mailing lists, how do you find they're effective for connecting you to people in different markets? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, and that's that's as simple as it is. I mean, so Saskatoon is big enough that you can you can get that talent because once you do get to a certain scale, you know, once you get to say a series A round where you're adding a fairly significant amount of people, if you're in a really really small town or city, that could that could be a challenge. So thankfully the city's big enough that you can add that talent, but you know, we're we're big enough that that really doesn't matter and um we, we've definitely played that Saskatchewan card. You know, you, you go to Toronto, you're on par with the founders there, and then you find out you're from Saskatchewan. And it's sometimes it's actually frustrating, I'll be 100% honest, that I don't think the tech community gets the credit that it deserves in this province, and I hope that this kind of stuff changes that. But there's a definite advantage to being a tech company from Saskatchewan. You can get attention that you wouldn't in Toronto because... You know, the, there, there's a lot of uh, messaging out there already. So pros and cons to that, I guess. And Don Lim, from your point of view, when you see companies, whether they're in the tech sector or other forms of startups, uh, being in a market of this size must be beneficial on one side and, and a challenge on the other. I, I certainly, when I talk to a lot of uh, tech companies, I see that they do find a challenge in attracting some talent to work within them. And they they uh, sometimes nurture talent coming through the university um, or go and approach other organizations that have the talent in there already, or they're just going to that stage of bringing people in. From from Square One's point of view, are there common questions when, when an organization is at that stage of going, I know I need to grow, even if it's by one or two people. What what are my next steps? Rather than just shoving a job on a, a a listing on a jobs board, how can I think about this strategically? I think you, you talked about one thing, and that is our young people and in the universities, and really, you know, going into the high school levels and talking to the kids about the great opportunity that there is in tech in Saskatoon. We want to keep those kids here. So um, I know you can't see me, but I was from the generation that you know graduated high school, got luggage for our graduation present and left to Alberta. And we've seen that stop over the last little while and we want that trend to continue. Let's keep those people here. Let's have jobs for them. And how exciting is it to have jobs in tech and in most exciting and advancement, advancing techs in the country? Um, I think like Riley said, uh, you're going to get exposure and you're going to get attention because you are one of the few techs from Saskatchewan. I'm not just another one of those from Toronto or, or BC or somewhere else. So I think that's really exciting. And I think the close-knit community that we have here in, in Saskatoon and in, in the province as a whole is great. Uh, people aren't afraid to share their stories. They're not afraid to be mentors and protégés and ask questions and give advice. And and um, we're really humble here and, and willing to share. And I think that's really what Saskatoon and Saskatchewan has to offer and what's going to make us grow. But really, most importantly, I think, is is our young people, getting them to go into that sector because there are jobs there for them. I can look at Facebook and I can see messages going, hi, I'm looking to mentor someone. <laughs> should we challenge sometimes people who go, hey, hands up, I want to mentor someone? What should our test be for them? 
before they're allowed to. You know, sometimes, you know, mentorship is a tough thing. Finding that right fit is really tough. We do have the Raj Manik Mentorship Program, which is helpful in some ways, but you have to have been in business for a year. So it's a great program for those, but not really at the early startup level. Uh, we we've, were testing a few things at Square One. Uh, we had our first connection that we did make where we, we had a client come in, had a great idea, had taken all the steps he could, used our expert advisors. He had patented his product. He had you know really taken a lot of steps, but he was stuck. So through our network of people and, and businesses that we connect with at, through Street and Square One, we were able to find someone with him for him to have a further conversation with, someone who'd been through what he had been through. And, you know, it was that, that connection, same as when with Riley and, and the senior folks at Srita, just finding the right people for them to talk to. So it's not random. We tell people we can't guarantee we're going to find you that right person. We're going to set up the first meeting it's up to you to see if it's a fit from there, if you got all you needed from one meeting or you want to make it more formal. But sometimes it's just finding those right people that's difficult. And, and we think we have a pretty good group of people that can, can help find that. So it's just reaching out to these organizations and people that you know and asking a lot of questions and seeing who's been there and done that with what you've done. The degrees of separation in the city and province aren't very high. So it's pretty easy to, um, you know, to, to find that talent, um, but that directly ties into mentorship. Um, so you had asked the question, uh, how do you vet mentors? Um, I, I wouldn't look at it like that. I would look at it as uh, buyer beware. Um, so you shouldn't, you shouldn't uh, live and die by any one person's advice, but take it for what it's worth and, and get multiple perspectives. Actually, the worst entrepreneurs are the ones that never listen to the mentors. The smartest entrepreneurs just shut up and listen to people that have been there and done that. Um, but but it's really, I think it's on you. You'll hear, and, and I'm so thankful to the mentors that, that helped me out, but I was just meeting with a, with a lady like a week ago mentoring me, and she's like, take this, for, you know, she threw in her disclaimer, like, take this for what it's worth. And um, so that's something that any person needs to keep in mind, but you should you should be open to listening to this stuff. And, and at the end of the day, you're the entrepreneur. You need to make this decision. You can't rely on others. So um, you can get their advice, but, you know, it, it's it's up to you. I was talking to Brian from Strong Roots, and he's got an advisory council. He's got a little panel of people who work with him. Can that be a really good idea where you're um, getting a group together at the same time? I think that's brilliant. I have a, a good friend is, who's a business owner. She has her board of directors, and those are just people in, that she knows that can help her in specific areas. Entrepreneurs need to focus on what they're good at and, and, and ha- have others help them with the rest. So that goes for getting advice. It goes for if you, your bookkeeping or your human resources or whatever it might be. But have that talent, um, you know, have those people ready, whether they're paid or they're not paid or whatever it is, but have those people ready to give you advice because you, you, you're good at what you're good at and you need to focus on that and let others do the rest. Yeah, and I've heard of entrepreneurs having like their own personal advisory board um, so you can get that sophisticated. Um, I'm lucky enough to just to have a family of entrepreneurs that, that I, you know, grew up in that, that mentor me, um, you know, in a, in a heavier light man. They usually sit back and let me do my thing and, you know, wait for me to call if I need some advice. Um, but I guess Townfolio, we've, we've just benefited from, you know, um, people in this community helping us out, other 
you know, tech entrepreneurs are sitting here in innovation place. There's amazing founders right in this space that I might bump into and talk to for five minutes over coffee. And sometimes that's all you need just to vent for five minutes or, or, or hear their perspective on it. Um, but we, we're now getting to the point where we're actually building a formal advisory board, whether that's of customers or industry mentors. And that's where we need, I guess, particular help from a just founder perspective and, you know, just people in this community have helped us out other, whether you're grabbing a, a bite to eat or five minutes. So that's, that's where we've benefited. That's one really unique thing about Saskatoon. You talk about the space here at Innovation Place, um, but Saskatoon really has this going on with where you can um, start at Ideas Inc. There's uh, like other co-working spaces kind of all over the city, and Innovation Place being another good one, good one like that. Um, Regina is just starting with that, and I, I think they're going to get get to the same place eventually too. But when you have like-minded people in the same building going through similar struggles and being able to help each other out, um, you know, that added to uh, sharing the expenses and not having to be, you know, locked into something. It's really important for, for any sector, but tech yeah. especially, right? On the topic of space, um, you know, we're down the hall in Collabs and it's the first tech incubator in this province. I mean, I would argue that it's 10 years overdue <laughs> uh, compared to other provinces. But, you know, the, the, the value that we've gotten out of this space, just being amongst people that are going through those particularly same struggles in tech, because tech is, is very different than um, a retail business, as an example. There's, there's just different, there's definitely very similar struggles, but there's, there's different, uh, there's totally different struggles in tech that people in that kind of space get that. And then building um, the team that, that built Collabs, uh, Jordan being one of them, Jordan Duchak, uh, built out a, a board and, and a, a mentor board, and that's insanely helpful. We're, at Townfolio, Davey and I, my co-founder, were of the mindset we're just gonna go track these people down ourselves, but not everybody's that, um, I don't know what, what, what word to use, uh, aggressive, <laughs> uh, in finding these people. Because you, I've, I've definitely talked to many entrepreneurs that are, are maybe timid in approaching some of these people. And um, um, it's good to have like a, a mentorship program, such as what Donalyn was mentioning before. As we get to the close of this, there's there's a couple of things. Firstly, I think that Collabs was one of my favorite launches, or launch events that I've been to in a very, very long time. The panels that were there were, were great. And um, seeing people from the uh, provincial and federal government and uh, local businesses, established ones and startups, and a range of people from the tech community all in one space at the same time. was It was actually a really inspiring day for me as someone who's on the fringe of all of this, watching these conversations happening. And so that made me very happy. What about people who... Um, get into a tech company or or just a startup where they're at the point where they they've been motoring on really well they hit some sort of roadblock and things start to stagnate how do you, you look at it and go i've got to move this on but i'm i'm just kind of stuck in a bog how do how do what what what's the thought process of moving it forwards from i'm stuck who should i ask sometimes pride gets in the way, I'd imagine. Um, Don Lynn, have you seen this situation? 
Well, it, it comes down to that right right person, I guess, that's meant to be an entrepreneur and perseverance. Um, you can't sit back and expect the business to come to you. And you'll talk to most business owners. I hear this all the time, whether it's that two or three year hump and, and the statistics showing how many businesses don't make it after five years. Um, it's because you, you get used to doing what you're doing or you hit that hump and you don't know how to get over it. Um, you have to just keep going heads up, perseverance, ask questions, ask for help. Don't be, don't be afraid to reach out. And I I tell people this all the time, your competitors won't mind hearing from you. If you phone them and say, you know what, I'm stuck. Have you been where I've been? What do I do next? And people in Saskatchewan will help you. That's what we do. And so you can't, you, you, you just have to let that pride go sometimes and, and keep persevering and moving forward. Yeah. I would say the smartest entrepreneurs aren't too proud to ask for help. Um, I think you typically get that from uh, rookie founders that are early on. They think they have this figured out. One of the smartest things you could do is just realize that you don't have it figured out. You don't know. And um, I, I've learned many, many lessons along this journey, but I've I learned that early on. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, this is uncharted territory. And um, I think it goes back to that mentor thing, having... Uh, definitely having that one person that you can call. Um, I'm lucky enough to have a co-founder, you know, uh, Davey's more flatline and, and, um, you know, day to day, or maybe I'm more up and down with, with energy and ideas and I'm kind of that idea of mine. So, uh, it just so happened this morning that Davey and I had this crazy breakthrough. Um, and it was actually his idea this time. And I was like, I don't know what you ate for breakfast or what you did this weekend, but that was awesome. And and sometimes it's just stepping away to get a little bit of clarity. But I would generally rely on um, you know an outside opinion, and and I'm per, I'm personally big on that. Not everybody is. For people to find out more information about both of your organizations, uh, Don Lim, where could people find out more? SquareOneSask.ca is the best place to find us. We're on Facebook as well. Townfolio.ca. And yeah, all social channels at Downfolio. Thank you both ever so much for joining us on this episode of Startupville. Startupville is brought to you by Innovation Place, helping grow the tech sector in Saskatchewan, Canada, and is produced in partnership with Martin Charlton Communications at WeTellYourStories.ca. Our show is produced by me, Mike Wolsfeld, and our host, Dan Gold. Our theme music is from GG Riggs and Reactor Productions. Learn more about us and our guests at innovationplace.com slash startupville and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Startupville Pod. Don't forget to listen, subscribe, and review if you like the show. See you next time on Startupville.